Did they just do that? They just did that. The Federal Reserve, that is. Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbutt. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners. By sharing these perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of April 20, 2020, and wow, the Fed. Yeah, this crisis has been tragic, to say the least, but also wildly entertaining for you Fed nerds. It really is. And just for reference, uh, what we're talking about actually happened a little over a week ago, uh, but we wanted to come back to it now that the dust has settled a little bit, or rather not settled, the arguments have picked up. Um, The Fed stepped in with a $2.3 trillion support package to help market functioning. Uh, it's, It's not the first big Fed move, but it is what we've been talking about when we said the Fed would tweak and add to their policy response if the market needed it. Tweak and add? You say that like it's not the biggest and most controversial move by the Fed in history. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a very good point. This was a um, a doozy. So some people think that what the Fed did was absolutely necessary, given the depth of the economic shock. But others say that it crossed some serious lines. And I got to say, I'm personally torn between the two. I think I think there's merit to both. And that's probably because there's a little bit of truth to both of those. And yet somehow these debates always seem to escalate very quickly on our team. That's because it's an important issue, right? There's a lot at stake, or at least a lot could be at stake. And that's one of the ways these debates get heated. We get concerned about politics and price discovery based on the way things have gone in the past when the Fed has stepped in. And then this is a way bigger move than the Fed's ever made in the past. So it's reasonable that the debates would get heated, but we don't actually know how the world will unfold from here. And I think one thing that we can all agree on is that the Fed's policy moves have consequences positive ones and probably negative ones, too. We won't ever know how bad things could have gotten if the Fed didn't move, but we'll be weighing those consequences for years and years. History in the making. Why don't we take a look and a quick step back and see what the Fed actually did? (laughs) Do you you have all day? Because when I said we'll be weighing the consequences for years and years, I mean Fed nerds are already doing it all day. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Just give us the gist then. What did the Fed do? Okay, so high level, the Fed has increased its safety net of protected assets uh, to include municipal bonds, fallen angels. So that means companies that were recently downgraded from investment grade credit standards to high yield credit standards because of the crisis, as well as the highest quality levels or AAA tranches of commercial mortgage-backed securities and CLOs. It's an alphabet soup of Fed policy. Yeah, that's a lot of debt you're talking about here, and and it's a pretty significant step in terms of riskiness of the debt. You know, this is well beyond U.S. Treasury bonds. 
Yeah, and, you know, even so, they're not out of ammunition. I think it would take more sector-specific trauma to make the Fed do more. Uh, but if it needs to do more, it'll do more. It's made it pretty clear that it'll step in when it needs to. Wow. That is a lot. And so I'm going to start off right in the this is crazy camp. The Federal Reserve must be crossing some sort of line here. I mean, supporting fallen angels kind of makes sense. These are companies that got downgraded from investment grade to junk, and it's not because of their fault. It's really because of the crisis. But when you start talking about securitized products like CMBSs and CLOs, even the highest rated ones, this seems to be setting the stage for companies and issuers to make riskier choices in the future, no? Yeah, a lot of people see it that way, and I think it really depends whether the history books get written along the lines of what you're describing will depend on why the Fed is doing this and how much worse things get or how much more the, the Fed decides to buy. The thing is, though, the Fed, at least at this point, is reacting to real economy problems in its support packages. Oh, that's interesting. Real economy. What do you mean? So I think inherent in some of the air quotes, this is crazy camp, is the idea that the Fed's just buying risk assets. And, and that's true. Um, and I think that there is some merit to concern there. But what the Fed is doing is trying to step in and support real failures that are happening in real time. So when state and local governments, for example, say that you don't have to pay your mortgage, that has real consequences for the people who you know own that mortgage. Um, commercial mortgage-backed securities or CMBS, for example, can be used as collateral um, high-quality collateral. And if people think that that collateral suddenly is worth less because you're not paying your mortgage, you can have margin calls and all sorts of other trickle effects that impact real people. So, you know, you might roll your eyes and say, you know, we care a lot more about the people paying their mortgages, you know, normal people than we do about the, the asset owners. But, you know, it's I roll my eyes a little bit on the other side when I see new news articles saying that the Fed's buying America's worst malls. It's 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 definitely a blurred line. What's happening and and way way more support than they've ever had to provide to the economy. But it's not without reason entirely. Okay, okay. So so clearly you're on Team Fed here. Now you know I just I I think that when we have these debates about you know what the whether what policymakers broadly are doing the right thing we have to think about the alternatives and I don't know that letting corporate borrowing costs rise during a crisis uh, would have been a better option especially when companies didn't create this crisis. Right, I see your point. We're the access to credit is a fundamental priority for the U.S. economy and, and many economies. Um, but don't you think that investors and corporations and issuers will just throw caution to the wind? Like moving forward, if, if anything ever goes wrong, the Fed will just bail them out. Yeah. And that again, that that's what a lot of people, myself included, are worried about. I think on one hand, moral hazard is the wrong way to think about this crisis, at least for now. You know, markets and investors aren't the reason why this crisis is unfolding the way it is, it's, it's the virus. And at the end of the day, we have two roles as investment thought leaders. The first is to care about real people and consequences of the crisis. Mm. And we're already starting to look into that as thought leaders. 
you know, how the world changes because of this crisis, there are some really interesting seismic shifts that could impact investments maybe forever. Yeah, great, great point. That's actually the second role that I think we have as investment thought leaders. We have to focus on how all this policy support actually impacts investment. So again, we're never going to know what would have happened if the Fed didn't do this or how bad or how much worse the crisis would have gotten if they didn't. Um, but there are definitely implications for investors. Uh, the Fed's action might have scooped up some of the fallen angel opportunities that high-yield managers were looking for, for example. So there's, there's real implications that, that we have to consider as we manage a portfolio. I think that's a great time to start our next segment, the Portfolio Pause, a section in the program where we share an investment idea. Today, I think the question is, do you buy what the Fed buys, or is that over? Well, I think uh, fighting a multi-trillion dollar balance sheet is probably a bad idea for most investors. Rats. So you're saying all those short opportunities are probably off the table? I mean, in, in all serious, some of the benefit of a stabilization in Fed purchase areas, like investment-grade bonds, for example, or short-duration municipal bonds, is probably history for normal investors like us. Yeah, I think that's right. But it's also difficult to say that these asset classes would perform poorly with the Fed so active in the market. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Fed's actions will help many viable companies avoid suffering severe damage from the liquidity shortage they're facing. So, again, virus isn't their fault. Uh, some of this activity will help them from seeing worse outcomes that they you know, probably don't deserve. But the Fed won't be in the market forever, and they won't buy just anything and everything. Uh, got it. To me, this sounds like we should be following the rules of the road, uh, and many of them that we've already been following. That's paying careful attention to security selection and making sure that your asset class mix fits your strategic goals. Absolutely. And as the corona crisis continues, it's going to take time to sort winners from losers. The Fed is a super powerful force in the market, as you're pointing out. And I think there are many other forces joining it to just obscure investment risks and opportunities. We had pre-crisis vulnerabilities, higher. now we have higher volatility, um, and more attractive valuations in some cases. Uh, assessing securities for their long-term potential to add value to a portfolio is essential. You just can't cut corners in this environment. Yeah, and with market volatility nearly certain to persist, uh, active management is probably going to be prudent for most investors here. Coming up this week, I'm watching Congress. The payroll protection program ran out of cash last week. That's about $350 billion gone in just two weeks. And that's great. That means it's going to companies that need it. But I think there are obvious political and economic downsides to delaying more funding to this program. Uh, they, I, you know, they should get it together. I'd expect that we see an extension of that program this week. But even the delay we've had so far is, is probably not great for the economy and for markets. So I'll be watching that closely. Yeah, that's a good thing to watch, and, and I agree with you. I think we're going to see um, some positive news this week on, on additional funds to the CARES Act. Um, but that's going to be the headline grabber. We're still watching earnings season. Uh, last week, the banks put aside a lot of money for expected loan losses, particularly with credit cards. 
Um, and it, it might not even be enough. Some investors speculate that they should be setting aside way more. Airlines also said that they were cutting flights by more than 90 percent. Uh, and we expect to see more of those types of changes moving forward. I'll be watching to see if we get any new ideas, positive or negative, from uh, corporate guidance. But maybe there's something we in the markets just weren't expecting that will prompt more volatility. Well, I hope that if we get some news that we weren't expecting, it's um, good news. Uh, maybe some positive uh, changes or adjustments that companies are making that, that, that point to the positive. Uh, maybe something to explore later. Uh, so that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, hit us up on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at nylinvestments.com forward slash blog. But until then, I'm Robert Terrenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York, 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.